Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week on Pop Everything, we start off talking about the television show MasterChef Junior with real spoilers. So that's a spoiler alert. And then at 24 minutes and 35 seconds, we talk about the new Batman video game, Arkham Origins. And at 37 minutes and 5 seconds, we talk about the new Arcade Fire record, uh, Reflector. And then at 50 minutes and 30 seconds, we talk about horror movies. Hello and welcome to Pop Everything, a podcast about pop culture and everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Tom. Jeez, what a boring intro. I know. Well, what am I supposed to say? I know you're new at this, at at giving the intros, but you got to jazz it up a little bit. Uh, I don't want to be one of those guys that just comes out of the gate screaming. I don't do that, though, but but I I still bring a uh, finesse and charm. I'm still working on it, man. This is is the early. Go back and listen to it. Are you doing the exercises I told you to do? I mean, they're pretty rigorous, Tom. I don't yeah, think... Well, nobody said it was going to be easy. I don't really have the, the time to devote to it. Well, if you don't have the time to devote to it, then you don't have the time to do it. Eight this. hours a day is a lot for vocal exercises for a, a podcast. Eight hours. You work eight hours. You do that for eight hours. You sleep for eight hours. It's a full day. What do I do for eight hours? You each thing work. Okay. You go to work and then you you do the vocal exercises I gave you for eight hours and you get a full eight hours sleep. It's weird. You would think I'm I'd be more enthusiastic mm-hmm. because we're talking today about uh, one of my favorite things of all time. <laughs> yeah. What is that? It's a television program, Tom, called yeah. Master Chef Junior. Um, I haven't now, Tim, you know you that I am, uh, well aware, well, uh, versed in, uh, Gordon Ramsay's, uh, you love Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. You think that everything he does is, uh, every, Delicious. every garbage restaurant he opens is, is fine dining. Uh, I do enjoy eating at his restaurants. You take, you've taken ladies there, yeah, you know, Tom, on yeah. dates, and on legitimate worked. date, like anniversary dates and, and it's stuff, worked right? like a charm. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, nobody's, uh, nobody screams in his real restaurants. It's not like Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> well, that stinks. <laughs> that, that, to me, that'd be the draw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd take like a, you go on an anniversary date to Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> that, yeah. that Hell's Kitchen restaurant, where you have to wait around for three hours for food, and then you're just, at, by you're going to wait for three hours, then after three hours, you're going to hear some uh, British man just yelling, you're all, it's all shit, just get out of hell, get it's out of hell, it's raw, 
Yeah, but here's the thing. Two Harold's things. Kitchen is closed. Number one, don't you love acting uh, upset in front of cameras? <laughs> don't you want to sit there and uh, the, the, the cameraman comes around and you look into the camera and go, it's pretty ridiculous. I ordered uh, an hour and a half ago. No, because... Even though those people are right and they have every reason to be mad, they still never come off good. No, because they went to they Hell's still, Kitchen. Uh, yeah. They, well, but even you like can't be, even you, Kitchen Nightmare, same thing. You went to a, a Kitchen Nightmare. Yeah. And then you're going to complain. Come in here for a taping of a show called Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, come in, yeah well, exactly. And not ask... Uh, are you are you coming? Uh, is this for the before or the after? Is Gordon in town yet? Yeah, but even if he is in town, you know that you know the score. Yeah, uh, he they're, might they're, be in the back, just going, oh. Yeah, maybe he's just seeing how it's going. I don't know. They're, they're, it's not always good. Unbelievable. There, there should be a ceiling to the level of righteous indignation you're allowed to have when you've signed a waiver and come into either Hell's Kitchen or Kitchen Nightmares. Well. Hell's Kitchen or Kitchen Nightmares is one thing, but Hell's Kitchen, those people are all like, um, like you know, uh, aspiring actors and stuff. No, that, they're not. Yeah, they're, they are. It's in L.A. Yeah, they tape it in L.A. Tom. Yeah, and those people all they all think it's going to be their big break that they're going to be in the next uh, Avengers movie because they did such a good job. Uh, well, there complaining is complaining about the parfait. There's a pretty solid precedent for that. Yeah, that's. That's how four of the five current Avengers got into these roles. Mark Ruffalo <laughs> did an awesome turn on Hell's Kitchen season four, waiting for the oysters to come out, and mm-hmm. just just crossing his arms and saying, "This is this is ridiculous." Yeah. And then next thing you know, bam, he's uh, he's the Wolverine? Hulk. No, he's the Hulk. Okay. And then the rice pilaf came out, and he's like, "It's cold." cold and then he got to send send his scallops back mm. and he said they were raw and then bam gordon ramsay just ran with it yeah and and ramsay looked at uh, the producers were like man this guy really knows how how to work it he knows how to uh he knows what'll set ramsay well, off because he said you're making me very angry and you wouldn't like me when i'm angry boom boom the and the, the a star producer, is born yeah, they're like i'm looking at the next incredible hulk did it. Edward Norton, get out of here. Yeah, they kicked Edward Norton right yeah. out of the movie because yeah. he was so good at uh, sending back oysters <laughs> and, and saying the Incredible Hulk's catchphrase. So what is MasterChef Junior? I have not seen this. That was my point. I'm well-versed in all things Gordon Ramsay. I'm a little shaky on MasterChef. I've seen a few episodes, but uh, Master MasterChef, from what I understand, is kind of like Top Chef mm-hmm. in that they're a bunch of able contestants which is not the case on uh hell's kitchen really they're yeah like, hell's kitchen they're like line cooks or yeah. like which uh, stay at home hey, mom and dad well who, these are all home cooks oh these are the home yeah. cooks. okay but uh i feel like uh on on hell's kitchen they try to get the trash factor they it's engineered so that uh, it's more engineered for drama than mm-hmm. it is for uh, fine dining. Well, Hell's Kitchen, a lot of times they'll get people who cook at like uh, uh, fancy restaurants and they're the ones that stink. And then it's the person who's a line cook at some diner in the middle of nowhere. That's like the diamond in the rough undiscovered gem. Um, and usually it's just work ethic because you just listen to Gordon Ramsay. Uh, he's giving you. He's telling you how to do the things. Yeah, just and, listen to him and hustle. 
More people should just listen to Gordon Ramsay. And don't sweat in the food. He hates when people sweat in the food. Yeah, I hate when people <laughs> sweat in the food. Tom, you ever go to a restaurant and think, eh, Gordon Ramsay's probably not back there expediting? Oh, all the time. How much How much sweat do you think? Uh, <laughs> At uh, least half of the food you uh, eat is sweat. Christ. It, it's, well, soup. It That's why stuff's so salty when yeah. you go, right? Mm-hmm. And it also is... It's, it's, it's a mixed blessing for the uh, for for the restaurant tour, because mm-hmm. on the one hand, you know you might you might make people sick or turn them off to the fact if uh, if if there's a lot of sweat in their dish. Right. However, you're sa- what you're saving on salt might make that all <laughs> all worthwhile. Well, yeah. You don't have to salt the the dishes as much. A lot of people don't know that's one of, you know one of the main reasons restaurants go bankrupt in the first six months yeah. is just salt prices. Yeah, you get a big fat sweaty mess uh, in mm-hmm. the back as your head cook. He sweats all over all over the food. Bam! Suddenly, uh, you're cutting your salt uh, your your salt expenses by forty five fifty percent. You know, uh, salt used to be worth more than gold. Really, in, like, old times, because it was the only way you could uh, like preserve food. I think salt should still be worth more than gold. It's worth <laughs> more than gold it's to me. It's easier to acquire. It's worth more than gold to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any gold. Yeah, well. <laughs> We're not on the gold standard, right? Yeah, we're not on the salt standard. <laughs> I know, but I use salt in my day-to-day life. I don't use gold in my day-to-day life, Tom. Yeah, but if salt were worth a lot, you wouldn't even be using it. One You'd be day, it. One day I pawned a Rolex, and that was the one day that I uh that I uh th- that gold yeah, was gold. relevant to me. Yeah. But other than that, and I found that Rolex on the street. <laughs> so, Master Chef Master Chef is Able-bodied but not professional cooks. Right, they're they're described as home cooks. Right, and it's a it's a bunch like, of challenges. people people who it's like a cooking's a hobby to them. Right, they're they're really into it, but they're not professional. Exactly, and so uh, they there are challenges. Like it'll be like oh. Uh, Make uh, a dish with these ingredients, and mm-hmm. they'll open up the box, and it'll be salmon, and it'll be uh, paprika, and like you know, and then they have access to a, a pantry as well. Right, right. And then like it starts off with like twenty four contestants, and they all cook, and then they judge each one, and then eliminate someone. This is oversimplifying it, mm-hmm. and they have challenges where they have to go in teams, and they go out and like cook for firefighters, and each team has to come and up they have with to a work dish together. Yeah. And then the firefighters vote on, uh, mm. and it's a it's an excuse for them to be like, and now the real heroes will vote, you know, because they uh. love to do that. Like, oh, we're just good. All right, cool. Like you got uh, you got helpful people there, uh, mm. uh, and uh, and then there are elimination challenges, and mm. that's whatever team loses in that, all of them have to face off uh, making like a souffle or other. something. And then the worst souffle, the guy gets. And there's sent home. three judges, right? And they decide. Yeah, it's it's Graham Elliott, mm-hmm. uh, who's a jovial, bigger guy. Mm-hmm. There's Joe Bastianich, mm-hmm. who really, you would think, uh, if you were gonna pick a Simon Cowell out of all of them, mm-hmm. it would be uh, it'd be Gordon. Nope, yeah, Joe. British. Yeah, nope. Joe is uh, he's he's kind of uh, the unlikable one. He's like harsh to the point where he, he's unlikable. Uh, is he got a shaved head, bald head? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's wears, Gordon. Wears nice suits. Right. Gordon Ramsay actually on even ma- the adult version of Master Chef 
Mm-hmm. And I don't mean the the, <laughs> the X rated version. The one on the Spice <laughs> Network. That one goes crazy. <laughs> but uh the challenges on that one. A lot of accidents. A lot of accidents. A lot and, of grease spills. Uh, it's 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 frankly very, very <laughs> dangerous. You people get the grease burns and it's just their their lives are ruined, Tom. <laughs> It's basically a cautionary tale against uh, uh, against cooking in the nude. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. But uh, Gordon Ramsay is always, he's more, he's like... Supportive. Yeah, he's like on the British version of Kitchen Nightmares. Uh-huh. He's like that supportive, right, like, uh, right, right. it's not like, oh, I curse, so everybody tune in. So mm-hmm. for an American audience, I guess that's kind of a risk for Fox yeah, but that but it's kind of paid off for them in MasterChef, but whatever, it's got its share of like. Here's why I like MasterChef Junior. All right, it harkens back to the halcyon days of uh, two thousand. Okay, or so <laughs> three when, years ago. Oh, 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When reality shows actually had some promise to be kind of like interesting viewing, right? Because mm-hmm. like. Look at the first uh, couple of years, uh, early 90s of uh, the, the real world. Right. Before it was all about, let's get a bunch of young, attractive people drunk and watch them have sex with each other. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, let's see how, uh, you know, These people from different people, backgrounds yeah, interact. And- interact. And like the first season of Survivor, everybody was like, oh, this is cool. Like you have to strategize. You And these are all just regular people. It was yeah. before... Yeah, there's some old people in there, and like they probably shouldn't be on that island. It's dangerous. Yeah, and it was before everybody cracked the code, where everybody was like, "Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go on, and I will be the antagonist here." Mm-hmm. Um, so, or like they know the tropes, and they know what the editors are looking for. the The, the contestants start to realize what works. What What's going to get them the most airtime? Right. And so uh, they're playing it up for the producers. And I think the producers are just kind of like, well, crap, if people watch it either way, this is just making my, my job easier. I don't have yeah. to like comb through all this footage to find someone being an asshole to somebody else. Yeah. They're all doing it all the time. And I feel like every, every quality reality show, especially when, it, uh, when it's like a competition, mm-hmm. like uh, Top Chef or like Project Runway or something, uh, when it's skill, you have those first few seasons where it's kind of like before everybody realizes, uh, oh, I just have to be a play personality. A part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody's trying to be a personality, but of course, this last couple seasons of MasterChef, mm-hmm. it's been corrupted. It's been infiltrated <laughs> by the personalities, right? Uh-huh. So there's one lady uh, on on MasterChef this past season. She just was a horrible person to everybody all the time. And I don't know if she was a good cook or not, whatever. I don't know anything about food. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Unless it's like a cheesesteak challenge, and I'm like, oh, that cheesesteak definitely looks better than that other cheesesteak. However, the first cheesesteak does have its merits. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, she was just everything she said to somebody, to everybody, which is horrible, mm-hmm. and naturally she made it into like the top three. Like she was, yeah. she was on every episode. The producers want to keep her around, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and it's the producers picking. It's not. It's not the three of them. At the end of the day, Tom. Well, no, but I think the thing is too; th- those people don't get voted off 
because everybody thinks, well, the further along this person gets, if it comes down to like three of us, there, I don't want to be going up against the nice guy. I want to be going up against the one everybody hates, at right. least for like the call-in things. Yeah, this isn't a call-in okay. thing. This is this is entirely yeah. in a vacuum. So MasterChef Kids, I thought this was going to be awful mm-hmm. because uh, stage parents. Right, and, and Easy Bake Ovens. Exactly. These kids, mm-hmm. they're like, we sh- we, we've uh, uh, combed America for the best young chefs, and everybody... Uh, was either from uh, the Los Angeles area or the greater New York City area. Uh-huh. So uh, I don't know how much that's coincidental. Of the, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and they were all like camera ready, yeah. like uh, adorable, aw shucks, kids. Yeah. But the first episode, there was like twenty four, and they got rid of twelve immediately. I think, and they had all the trap stage, doors. Trap doors. I I got a sense that. These people, these kids didn't go back to school. <laughs> I think these kids were disappeared. I think the losing, getting eliminated on MasterChef Junior, uh, does a little more than bruise your ego. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're the trapdoor. Lord knows where that goes. It's like uh, Willy Wonka's factory. Mm. Did those kids ever get out? We don't know. Yeah. Whatever happened to Mike TV? We don't know. Or Violet. Mm. Veruca Salt. They, she deserved whatever she had <laughs> coming to her, though, right? Yeah, well, she was uh, the the biggest jerk. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so they had the stage parents around, and you mm-hmm. could tell, oh, these kids. Then these kids, they were like using knives and stuff, Tom. Yikes. And it was eight, I don't even trust was, myself. Using yeah, a knife. it was eight year olds to thirteen year olds. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This gonna get into spoiler territory, Tom. <laughs> There's right. two episodes left. I urge everybody to catch up on Hulu uh, or whatever uh, you can find it on because there are actually some really interesting storylines. But the other thing is, like, uh, most of these kids don't know enough to be shitty. Mm -hmm. And their parents, after that first episode, are no longer around. So these are just kids being kids. So, like, when. It's like camp. Yeah. And so when. One judge, uh, when one kid's dish is judged, and the judges like are are, are complimenting, it and they're like, "Oh my god, this could be a real restaurant dish." You see, kids, their competitors, like honestly happy, like like giving them high fives and like excited for their friend, or yeah. just like, "Oh, this kid did something." Like you can never see that. Everybody is, they're not, they're not well versed enough in this to be conniving. And uh, also, their parents did something to them that they all know how to cook. <laughs> and I, I'm sure there's a fair amount of coaching going on. Right. But also, to see an eight-year-old, like, with a chef's knife, like, talking to Gordon Ramsay and, like, slicing Chopping up a pepper like yeah. like it's nothing. It's like, all right, this kid. And, like, when a, when a nine-year-old goes, like, yeah, I've been cooking for six years, so I know how to... <laughs> Um, so there, there, it, it's, it's very, it's very much worth it. But then I feel like they s- felt like it was getting a little stale. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, they did an awesome twist, Tom. Threw some adults in there. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they, they threw, uh, Bobby Flay. <laughs> and Bobby Flay doesn't care if he's, if he's competing against an Iron Chef 
or an eight-year-old girl, no. he's going all in. Yeah, it's the throwdown, Bobby Flay's throwdown. Yeah, right? he'll throw down with a child. He doesn't care. He kind of looks like a kid. You put him in a baseball cap and you have him uh, like put uh, sneakers on his knees. Uh, he could have made it through the whole season. Nobody would have known. Bobby Flay? Yeah. Eh, he's got an old man face. Eh, he's got like a little kid's face. There's this one kid with an old man face. <laughs> might be Bobby Flay. No, he's too short. He, he's ridiculously short. Well, I, he might have the, the shoes on his knees. Jack. He's from he's from Rockaway. Jack. Okay. Rockaway, New York. Yeah, he's he's the guy I'm going for. Because there's this other guy, Troy. Tom, when I was watching this the other night, mm-hmm. I was screaming at my television so uh, so loud. Just go to hell, Troy. <laughs> How dare you? How old is Troy? I think he's uh he's twelve. <laughs> okay. He can take it. <laughs> take it. Um but there's this little girl, Sarah. Mm-hmm. This little blonde moppet. Mm-hmm. And uh she she's uh she's always been like the sweet one and like she's the littlest one on the competition. Mm-hmm. And then she won this challenge so she didn't have to cook in the elimination, right? Okay. So she's just standing watching everybody else uh, compete. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this was the producers or if she's just like a stage kid and she knows the score. She seems a little wise bond beyond her years. Okay. But there's this other guy, Jack from Rockaway. He's a nice, sweet little kid. Uh-huh. And like he's one of the guys that's like, just happy for anybody. He's just happy to be there. He's happy that like there's camaraderie and like he's he's just happy go lucky kid. Like he's not worried about winning or losing or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Gordon comes up to Sarah, this little nine year old pipsqueak girl. Mm-hmm. He's like, "So Sarah, who do you think uh, is your biggest competition? Who would you like to see go home today?" And he does this every week yeah. with the kid. And usually it's like, I don't know, they're all my really good friends, and uh, and I hope uh, we, we just really like cooking. And it's not even like a sports star saying yeah. that so they don't lose their contracts. It's just like they don't know how to be mean to each other yet. Yeah. But Sarah's like, Jack, I think Jack should go home. I picked this challenge uh, specifically because as part of her winning, she got to choose between yeah. three challenges. I think uh, he'll overthink this. I know this is his biggest weakness. And Gordon's like, oh, I thought you and Jack were getting along great. And she's like, yeah, you know what they say. Keep your enemies close. Keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. Oh, man. And they turn this little girl into the devil for like five minutes. And then like she's even like they're all cooking, hustling and bustling. And she's like on a platform above or she's like on a balcony above mm-hmm. them. And, and she gets to eat jelly beans while, while, they, while they're <laughs> nice. cooking, sweating in the kitchen. She goes... Hey Jack, you want a jelly bean? And Jack looks so happy, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, thanks, Sarah." She's like, "I'll throw one down." He's like, "All right," and he's so happy, and she like throws him down a jelly bean, and like he like fumbles it and picks it up off the floor and eats it. And he's like, "I really like Sarah." And they cut back to Sarah going like, "Yeah, he thinks I'm his friend." <laughs> it was this <laughs> little like adorable nine year old girl. Uh, it was the best thing they could have done. Wow. Yeah, and like. Whether or not it was engineered that yeah, way doesn't like, matter to you. That was that was good television right there. You never thought they were going to make this <laughs> that little was girl good tell- watching one nine year old turn on another. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, it turned into Lord of the uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, you want to see more of that? Oh, look, I want to. No, I don't want. 
I don't want to harass a child. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> Forget it. Uh, just just watch the show. It's really good. Tom, I urge you. Will you will you catch up? Uh, it's 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 only been like five episodes. There's two more episodes, I think. So it's like a seven episode series. Yeah, you can't keep these kids out of school forever. Sure, you can. They're stage kids. I you know, get them tutors. Two. Yeah, but like one of them, they like, didn't cast all twins, so they could just swap them out. No, that would have been smart. Yeah. Why did they do? Well, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, on Full House, I was yeah. watching Full House yesterday. Um, <laughs> they tried to make it in the early seasons. They tried to make people not know that the Olsen twins were twins. What do you mean? Like when they uh, by not having both of them on camera at the same time. No, because yeah, they they sense. needed to circumvent yeah. uh, labor laws, right? Mm-hmm. Like so they couldn't have a child that young on set, right? Uh, that long. But uh, they've said like they didn't want to uh, let people know that they were twins. So in the opening credits, they're credited as Mary Kate Ashley Olsen. Yeah. Instead of Mary Kate Olsen and Ashley Olsen or Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yeah, I've always noticed that. Yeah, but producers of Full House. (laughs) What are you trying to? You think it's going to ruin the magic for for all your seven year old fans? Um, it might. I mean. They don't care, you know? They might as well try and trick everyone. Who cares? It just seems unnecessary to me. Unnecessary and unethical. Oh, they're, maybe they're just trying not to confuse people. It doesn't matter. Because you see two people building, and you're like, oh, great, now we're going to... Because then later on in the show, they had... Jesse had twins. Yeah, Nikki and Alex. And they were on. It was like, wait, what? How come they can be... Is this really quadruplets? Yeah. And that's how they get around this? Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Was it really? And that's why uh, Two and a Half Men, Uh that's actually quintuplets. All right, Tim. Enough about Master Chef Jr. You got got yourself all worked up there. I did. It's very hot in here. Um, uh, This week, what I've been enjoying entertainment-wise... It's been uh, no, no. Tell me about what you've been enjoying, not entertainment wise. <laughs> Walking walks. Walks are nice, man. Yeah. Well, it's a little cold, but uh, later in the week here, it's been nicer. Or I guess we're early in the week. We should start doing a podcast about walks. We should start just doing walks while we do the podcast. Ooh. Um. Uh, this week in entertainment, I've been enjoying the video game Batman: Arkham Origins. Arkham Orange- <laughs> Oranges. <laughs> Arkham Oranges. Um, I'll tell you this much about it, Tim. I got this game. First off, uh, these guys did right. They uh, they released the game on a Friday. Uh, most games come out on a Tuesday, like everything. And then people are always like, oh, like Tuesday, like... You know, do I, like, call out sick? Do I... Uh, Who... Uh, adults. I remember as a kid. Derelicts. I remember as a kid hearing that people in Japan did that for um, role playing games, like uh, video role playing games, and thinking that was the craziest thing in the world. And here I am now, as a man in my thirties, that knows multiple adults my age who do that regularly for video game releases. Yeah, but don't don't kid yourself in that. Like that's a mainstream thing to it, do. It's a very Tim. It's like the biggest industry. It's not mainstream, but a lot of people do it. To play a Batman video game, not Batman, because these guys came out with a Batman game on the Friday, on a Friday, so that um, you didn't have to do that. 
is the you know, only Friday that matters. This the year. only Fridays that matters. Um, and the thing was like, uh, I was uh, I had I was like uh, working my butt off on my new book all day, which also comes out on a Friday, Tom. Uh, th- exactly, Tim. I'm following in Batman's footsteps. Uh, oh, you'd like to think so. <laughs> uh, it's called Meta by Tom Reynolds. Um, available everywhere books are sold. Uh, not everywhere, but all the websites. Um, so it comes out on a Friday, and I'm working on all this like last minute stuff um, for the book. And uh, I have the game sitting next to me all day, and it's still shrink wrap. Like the most incredible self control. And you got to write this book because it's coming <laughs> out in a week. Yeah, exactly. I haven't written one word yet, um, but I worked until uh, like ten o'clock at night on Friday night. I was like, "This is gonna be my Friday night. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna go out. I'm gonna you know I've got a lot of work to do. I got to stay in and do the work." And then uh, once once I'm done with that, my reward will be that I get to play the game. I, uh, and <laughs> I was about to make a joke. Sounds like a thrilling Friday night. And I realized that Friday night, I was watching MasterChef <laughs> Junior yeah. and Shark Tank exactly. and yelling at the TV throughout the entire time. Yeah. yeah. So at least I wasn't yelling at the TV. Um, but uh, and I think I had like made myself a special dinner or something, too. Oh, that's um, nice. But uh sat down to play this game, Tim, and I was disappointed. Why? Was Batman not in it? Batman was in it. Don't get me wrong. But here's what happened. The game, so this is now the third uh, Arkham game. Arkham but, is the Asylum. Yeah. The first game is Arkham Asylum. The second game was Arkham City. And the plot was that um, uh, there were too many bad guys, so they turned part of Gotham City just into like Arkham. Well, where do you go for that, from there? Uh, Arkham World? Uh, well, now you have all of Gotham you can explore. Um, and oh, is this another Grand Theft Auto? Oh, you can you can beat up women in this game. Tim, Batman would never do that. At least not innocent women. He'd beat up, you know, like Poison Ivy or something. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no. And Catwoman? Catwoman, uh, well, you know, it depends on the day. They kind of have a love-hate thing going yep, on. They definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so now this is or Vicky Vale. Or she's in it. He doesn't beat her up. She doesn't fight him either. Vicky Vale's a real person? Yeah, yeah. In it? Yeah. I thought Tim Burton uh, invented her. Uh, no, he just made her like a bigger character than she ever was or because you know i i think most people who write that comic they're like oh no there's lois lane we're not gonna have batman's girlfriend be a reporter too you know right um go on so especially when his girlfriend could be catwoman so no qualms about april o'neill in the the in the ninja turtles well i don't think they hold themselves to the same standards Ooh, ooh, you heard it here first (laughs) Tough words from Tom Reynolds. And, and April O'Neil isn't the girlfriend of the four Ninja Turtles. <laughs> You're giving me a look. You are so me. naive, Tom. So anyway, the Arkham Origins uh, takes place uh, before these two games. It's good. It's not a year one thing. Oh, good. It's a prequel. Yeah. It's a prequel, but it's not an origin story. Thank God. Even yeah. though it's Arkham Origin. Right. <laughs> it's not an origin story. Um it's the origin of how he like first met a bunch of villains, but he's supposed to be like three years into being Batman. Okay. So he's not as good as he is later, 
he's still rough around the edges, but you know, he, he's not a complete idiot. But anyway, the first two games were made by the studio, uh, rock steady. It would, which is confusing you now with the Ninja Turtles, but yeah. no affiliation. And they, this one was made by Bebop. No. Uh, and they did a phenomenal job making these first two games. Like the, the game's got like game of the year, like unbelievable scores and everything. The second game like blew the first game away, um, even though the first game was amazing. Uh, but now Warner Brothers has decided like, well, these guys are really expensive. They already built everything. Uh, Warner Brothers, the, I remind you, the studio that produces this show. Right. <laughs> so uh, tread tread lightly. Uh, they decided, well, you guys already built the engine and everything uh, for these games. Uh, we're just going to have like an in-house studio make the next game. Um, so there's really, and it's a, you know, it's supposed to take place before everything else. So it's not like, oh, it takes place before everything else. And he has all new gadgets. <laughs> Which is like the fun part of the game that he has a lot of his gadgets. Yeah, that kind of stinks. Yeah. Um, so there's not really like much new to it. And I was really bummed about it when I started does playing Does anybody, it. and and I don't play video games really, uh, mm-hmm. does anybody play a video game for, like what percentage of your enjoyment of a new game comes from a new story mm-hmm. as opposed to new gameplay features well that's what that's the thing uh what's the split there it depends on the game but now with this game uh, i have been playing a little bit more and getting into the story and the story's really good so now i'm like all right you know what sure it's more of the same thing gameplay wise but the same thing was pretty good game uh, mm-hmm. and there's an interesting story going on here. They so it's not like just lipstick features. on a pig. It's no, lipstick no. on like a, uh, a prized pig. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like a pig that you'd want to take home to your mother. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, as your friend. <laughs> right. Not as your wife. No, not, no, not as your wife. You shouldn't marry a pig, but hey, you know, hang out with pigs. Yeah. Um, but I, I think when they, I think when they were making the last game, like towards the end of the game or whatever was when they started because it takes them years to make these games nowadays. I think they had already started making this one, so they had already told them. And that's the thing, like the the Arkham City, like they kind of threw everything at the wall, and there was nothing left for anyone else to do. Uh, but they always think that, right? You never know uh, what new technologies are going to bring. Oh yeah, but no, I'm just saying like uh, every like Batman character and like different costumes from all the different like uh, versions of Batman are. Do in you there. care about the costumes? Like I, I see all these commercials about like skins. Yeah, and, like, skins. Does that does that make a difference for you? Uh no, I hate in this one. One of the skins it comes with is the 1960s Batman, like oh, the Adam West oh, Batman. Oh no, it looks so stupid. It's camp, Tom. Yeah. Get used to it. Uh, but then the other skins, it's like, oh, this bat. Like, I don't even know what Batman this one is. Like, it, you know, it's just like weird, obscure, uh, Batman because that's what you know they've had to resort to. Whereas, like the other one, it was like. Uh, the Batman from Batman the Animated Series, uh, Batman from Batman Beyond, like that's Bat- pretty Batman. Cool. Everybody knew. <clears throat> so what? We- hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Which Batmans are these? Uh, the 60s Batman, Nightfall Batman, which isn't even uh, Bruce Wayne and has like a crazy costume. Uh, there's like Million Day Batman or something. I don't even know who that is. Um, and then I think like... Uh, I don't know why I asked. Yeah, like the New Earth Batman, New Earth 2 Batman or something. It, it's pretty obscure Batman. I mean, for, for uh, the seasoned Batman fan, yeah. I would think that you would be... Uh, tripping all over yourself to try out these new skins. Nah, you got pay for them and everything. That's the thing with all these games. You got like the first thing when I log into a game. You know, a game sixty bucks. Uh, you have to pre-order so you can get like something special. That's always the thing nowadays. The first thing it's like here's some shit you can buy or give us twenty bucks for a season pass, and um, you'll get all like the downloadable content. But we haven't announced what the downloadable content is because each of those things is like its own uh, like hype cycle. You know, they'll release uh, stuff like they'll release an add on like six months from now and that will get, you know, they'll do commercials for that and that will get press. And then that gets people to, you know, go back and buy the game and all that. So they don't announce what there's like blindly give us 20 bucks and um, trust us that we'll make it worth your while. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I'll probably give him 20 bucks. You have already, haven't you? No, I haven't yet because because I'm with you. Like the skins, they give Batman a really good skin to begin with. Like it's a cool, you know, they do like unique designs for the games. It's a cool looking Batman costume. So at least they don't do that. They don't like cheap out like, well, you start with a real shitty costume. Yeah. And like if you want a cool looking one... um, but yeah, I don't really care about the skins. You so. know what? I I always used to get excited for NBA Jam because of big head mode. <laughs> but then when you enable big head mode, it's just like, ah, yeah, their heads just got slightly bigger. Or I mean, uh, a lot a, bigger. A lot bigger. They're 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 legitimately big heads. Yeah, but the, what about when you could play as uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton? See, but that, none of that ever. And, and George Clinton. Yeah, that never really excited me. Like, really? In theoretically, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great," but then it's just like, "Oh, this is just the same basketball game that I'm bad at." <laughs> yeah, but you're playing with Bill Clinton against uh, Scottie Pippen. Yeah, or but whatever. I can do that. I can play basketball with Bill Clinton in my dreams every night, Tom. <laughs> So there's a new Arcade Fire record out. Yeah, it came out, uh, well, we were recording on Tuesday. It came out today. 
Yeah. Um, we're both. Pretty... I was surprised it was on all the streaming services right away. Yeah. Usually they keep that off for like a week. Yeah. Oh, at least a week, if not more. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that's been the thing. A week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. For a new release, and they get me every time with it. <laughs> they got me with the. Uh, with the uh, latest Vampire Weekend record. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess it's not going to be on Spotify or Mog. Uh, I guess I'll buy it. Uh-huh. And I bought Next it. Next day. What's that? Next day it was on them? No, no. They gave it a week. Yeah. It's a good record. Yeah. I like to support. But here's the thing. I don't like to pre-order records. Mm-hmm. And I like vinyl. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course you do. Well, I like to have something physical, Tom. Because every hard drive I've ever had has died on me, <laughs> and I'm not good at backing things up. Um, like I, I would like, I, I always enjoyed buying CDs and stuff when I was. Mm-hmm. A, I like to have the booklet. I they like. don't even come with booklets anymore. A lot of the them. CDs. Yeah, yeah. The, the vinyl is like you get like nice big artwork. Yeah, yeah. People put a lot of thought into this. It's like it's 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 a nice. Sometimes the vinyl's a different color. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not into. <laughs> you don't like that. I, it's not that I don't like it, but it's not like a selling point. Like if it's like, uh, you can get the regular vinyl uh, for eighteen bucks or red vinyl for thirty six dollars. Yeah. It's like I don't know. Gonna put it in a record player, but I'm not one of those audiophiles, and uh, I'll thank you not to accuse me of being one, Tom. <laughs> All right, but. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, anyway. The uh, new Arcade Fire. The new Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Arcade Fire fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty big Arcade Fire fan. Mm-hmm. I know you are, too. Mm-hmm. Um, first listen, what do you think? First, first impression, Tom. Um, well, like, my first impression was uh, watching that uh, thing they did after SNL uh, a few weeks ago. They've gained a sense of humor, or an outward sense of humor, Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Like they, I, I think, think they've always had it. I think they have, but like they've gotten knocked for being kind of like self-important and self-serious, yeah. and like uh, they've realized they should do something, or not even that they should do something. It's just like, oh, people shouldn't think that about us, right? And you know, the first two records were kind of heavy, like yeah. uh, thematically, yeah, funeral, like, yeah, and then death. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the Neon Bible, which was about all sorts of heavy subjects, yeah. and it's just like. You can't make like a goofy that w- that always pissed me off like uh about the Foo Fighters back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like they'd have like uh they'd just make goofy videos for everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, this song like I thought had some like you were trying to go for some emotional weight in the song, but like I understand you you've uh, all com- uh musicians want to be comedians and it's mm-hmm. fun to play dress up and make a funny video. Mm-hmm. But like it didn't always fit the song. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. And that always uh, that was always off putting. So I understand why Arcade Fire got that reputation because right. they were making music that was like pretty serious thematically. Mm-hmm. Not to say that this isn't, but they well, but but they also you know they were uh, new kids on the block. Well, they weren't the new kids on the block. I don't want to confuse anybody. No, you can get sued for that, Tom. <laughs> um, that's how rumors start. Yeah. That's how Snopes pages start. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, when you when you're new, you gotta you gotta have a whole package, you know, and that was their whole package that they were putting out there, right? And that's why I actually liked uh, that uh, that singer Win. Yeah, Win Butler. Um, the, uh, there was some interview where he was talking about uh, how like uh, he's like, yeah, I have a stupid haircut. Do you know why? Because I'm in a band. I can have a stupid haircut, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know. 
not going to be able to do this forever. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but guess what? Like, uh, I, I, I have one of those jobs where this is, this looks cool. (laughs) Like if, uh, you know, some, uh, guy in the office did it, you'd be like, Oh, what happened? They screwed up your haircut. It's all asymmetrical. But, you know. And and the guy at the office can't go like, haven't you ever heard of David Bowie? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, idiot. Uh, but, yeah, they definitely, I mean, and they were on SNL in, in a couple of sketches and stuff. And, uh, yeah, they have a good sense of humor. Seemed like a fun group. The one thing I didn't like was the the hype lead up to this. Um Oh, yeah. It, it, they've been hyping this album for, like, three months. It was the same thing with Daft Punk. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just not a fan of, like, especially because, like, I'm going to listen to the new Daft Punk record. I'm going to listen to the new Arcade Fire record. I know what it takes to cut through and get everybody to listen to it. Yeah, It's just tiresome for me, like, the way that, like, I still don't know how this went down. There was, like, Lollapalooza this summer. Mm-hmm. In between bands, I think it was Lollapalooza or maybe the Pitchfork Festival. Um, in between bands, on the screen, like it said, reflector in like yeah. that like logo that they had with the mm-hmm. box and uh, and like played like some sort of like abrasive sound or something. Mm-hmm. And the next day on all the blogs was like, was this a teaser for the new Arcade Fire record? And it was like, oh, I don't know. Because nothing has been announced. Like, the name Reflector hasn't been announced. Yeah. There was nothing in there about Arcade Fire. Are you now just, like, a part of their marketing yeah, arm? Did, did somebody... Did, did their PR people call yeah. you and just be like, hey... And I might be wrong. Uh, email us in popeverything at gmail.com if there was other uh, ways of ascertaining that. But I just feel like every blog, every music blog was like, oh, this might be a, a teaser for the new Arcade Fire. And it's like, oh, it is because... You're all using the same language to, <laughs> to describe this. Yeah. And then they did, like, there were stencils, so, like, people were doing graffiti of the the album cover everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, hyped up, like, 9-9 at 9 p.m. It happens. And they just, like, released their single at that yeah. time. And it was, like, it was a three-week lead-up to the release of a single and, like, again, there were blog posts because, you know, blogs need content, but mm-hmm. blog posts, like, up oh, three days until the Arcade Fire single drop. It's like, yeah, it's a song. It's a song, yeah. everybody. There are hundreds of millions of songs out there. Bide your time with those. <laughs> the other songs. You'll hear this soon enough. It'll yeah. be and it'll and be then, good. It'll and be then good. Once Arcade Fire's really good. You can listen to it as many times as you'd yeah. like for the rest of your life. Purchase it. It's great. Yeah. But uh, I just don't like I I and ten years ago I would have bought into I bought into all that. Uh, Kid A initial hype for Radiohead, so yeah. like I'm susceptible to it, but like I'm exhausted by it. Now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. But uh, that being said, really good record, right? Yeah, it's, it's a mess. It's weird that it's two CDs, but it's like a seven song and a six song CD. <laughs> but the songs, like each one, I think has like twelve plus minute songs. Yeah, I think it's and like an a almost bunch of eighty like minute seven album. and eight yeah. minute songs. Um, and there's a secret track before the first track or yeah. something, which I have not heard. Have uh, you? Yeah, yeah, I have it. I can uh, uh, I can play it for you if uh, you'd like. I'm waiting on my vinyl. How do they do that on the vinyl? Uh, you can't you have probably a, have to like rip off the label or something. It's probably pressed under the label. That's I'll I'll try that. Hey, everybody at home, try that. If you bought the new a nice copy <laughs> a nice 180 gram copy of the new Arcade Fire, 
Rip off the label. There's probably another song. Under they that. used to do that stuff with CDs all the time, where it's like negative tracks, or like there'd be 99 tracks. Yeah. And wonder who the first person who did that was. I don't know. I remember I bought a Less Than Jake album mm-hmm. one time, and they did have a hidden track, but it was just somebody talking before the first uh it wasn't Pezcore. What was the one after Pezcore? Uh, I don't know. No, it wasn't Jake then. But, uh, oh, wow. Mm. You, you you took a stand there instead of just well, saying, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're just like, I don't know. That's below me. I don't care for them. <laughs> um, but in the booklet, uh, it said, like, there's a hidden track on this album. If you can figure out where it is, you'll get, uh, like, write to this address. Uh, tell us where, and you'll get... Uh, into every show for free for life. What? It's like, there, hey, Les and Jake, guys, there's only so many uh, <laughs> places it could be. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a CD. You're going you're gonna to hit the, there's there's three buttons you can play with here and uh, 12 tracks. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think you want to be doing this, guys. But I didn't take them up on it and I still paid to. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe the offer still stands. Actually, Tom, whenever Les and Jake came to town, I was usually opening for them in my high school ska band. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. So you didn't you didn't need to enter a fancy contest. Ah. Um wasn't wasn't one of the Radiohead CDs there was like something under the tray? Uh there was just extra artwork yeah. under the uh, cuz like the yeah, it was yeah, a black like tray. Pop the tray out. Yeah, yeah, and it was like a map or something. Yeah. Or no, no, there was a map in uh Pinkerton by Weezer. Okay. You pop that off, and there was a map of uh, it was like Madam Butterfly and Pinkerton, the album, mm-hmm. like meshed up into some weird map. That's Kid cool. A was just uh, some artwork, good, good Kid A artwork. But yeah, that's cool hiding artwork in there. Yeah, that's nice. I would, I would prefer uh, like uh, food stuffs. Well, you're not gonna get that much food in there. Yeah, but maybe like it's a very stick thin. of gum. <laughs> like a like a baseball pack, pack of baseball cards. Yeah, yeah. Nah. I'll encourage people to uh, look sooner rather than later before it got too <laughs> too stale. Too stale. That stuff never goes bad. You can chew that at any time. Yeah, but it's better. Hmm, it's questionable. It is questionable. How do they get around like the uh, like FDA when they used to do that? I don't think uh, the FDA existed yet. <laughs> well, that was like the Reagan years, right? Yeah, I don't like, think yeah, FDA... we can put food in, in toys. I don't think the FDA was running on all cylinders during <laughs> yeah. the Reagan years. Um, Tim, this episode is going to come out on Halloween. Okay, does that scare you? It does. It it frankly it terrifies me, Tom. I'm um, shaking in my boots. Hold on, real quick. Yeah. Sorry. Rank it, uh, Reflector. Oh, with the other ones? The other ones. Rank, rank. There's four Arcade Fire records. Funeral, Neon Bible. Uh, Suburbs and Suburbs and Reflector. Ah, oh, I don't know. Uh, hmm. That's tough. Probably Suburbs first. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wait until you hear mine. Then... Funeral, then Reflector, then Neon Bible. Wow. Wow, Tom. I'd have to go back and give them all a thorough listen, though. Yeah. See, for me, it's Funeral first, but almost in a tie with Funeral is Neon Bible, Mm -hmm. then Reflector, and then the Suburbs. Really? Not that I don't enjoy the Suburbs. 
Um, in fact, I think I'm due for another in, listen. In fact, I think it's my favorite album of theirs. It's my favorite album. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's my favorite album of all time, Tom. Uh, it's not, not my favorite Arcade Fire album. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, whenever like I hear a, a song off of uh, Suburbs, mm-hmm. I'm always like, this is a good song. I think I've only heard the song once or twice. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've, I've given it a thorough enough listen. But... Uh, I think uh, Reflector's going to wind up bef- ahead of that because James Murphy, mm-hmm. I know you don't feel the same way. No, he's a good producer. This made me, actually listening to this was like, after this, like I listened to it a couple times and I was like, I either uh, want to go listen to Neon Bible mm-hmm. or uh, write a letter to James Murphy and ask him to release another uh, LCD sound system record. You should write to um, Jake from Hey Dude. I mean, he wasn't in the band. Yeah, but he's the co-owner of the record label. I don't know how much uh, pull Jake from Hey Dude. Hey, he's the co-owner. Did you watch the the um, not the the documentary, but there was like a Vice special about uh, DFA Records? No, I don't know anything about them other than that. Like, I like Jake from Hey Dude's like the only one holding down the fort there. <laughs> Tim, as I was saying, it's awfully... uh, Before I rudely interrupted you to bring you back to the topic we were talking about. I'll try to move on to the next topic. Um, It's uh, uh, today's Halloween. It's not really, but when when the the podcast comes out, it's Halloween. So we're pretending that it's Halloween, and the listener, who is likely not listening to this on Halloween either, is pretending that it's Halloween. Hey, they might be listening to it next Halloween. That's true. So uh, things are real. Then they'll just be like, yeah, I know. I've been listening to this Arcade Fire record for a year, guys. (laughs) God, talk about something new. Jesus. The new Batman game's out or a Master Chef baby is out. Oh, that'd be bad. You can't get baby's knives. No, that's what makes it so tough. They have to just use baby food as ingredients. (sighs) Gross. Um, And like frozen peas. Um I guess you don't get baby frozen bees. No, it's a choking hazard, <laughs> yeah. you monster. <laughs> uh, mushed up peas. Um, uh, so it's a scary time of year. It's a spooky time of year. I want to talk about horror movies for a second, Tim. Tom? And this is uh, going to be like maybe a launch pad for a new segment. Yeah. Yeah, I think this so. It's a prototype for a segment. But we're going to need you, the listener, yeah. to help us out with this. Because what we're going to do is talk about, and we haven't talked about this beforehand, but our two favorite horror movies and uh, why. And uh, we're encouraging if you've got ideas for like other, like what are your two favorite this or like two worse this. Your top two or your bottom two. Yeah. Or, or something more interesting. You yeah. Know, about like uh, what, what, who do you think, what characters were the biggest badasses? Right. But I think it should still be top two or bottom two. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I, Tom, we got to brand this thing. Mm hmm. Uh, pop everything's patented top two, bottom two. <laughs> Today we're doing top two horror movies. All right. But I'd like them, yeah, I'd like them to get, uh, if you have any suggestions for us to do, and they could be like uh, top two uh, Macaulay Culkin movies. Yeah, Home Alone, Home Alone 2. Oh, man. Oh, the Good Son, you got to get in there. Yeah, and also next week, remind me, uh, just uh, we need to talk about this Home Alone sequel called Bone Alone uh, starring a dog. Um, Is that an official? Oh, absolutely, Tom. Really? You should see the trailer. Tom DeLuise's son is in it. Yeah. 
he well, does. He doesn't, doesn't do unofficial films. <laughs> yeah, that, there was also uh, uh, an adult film that came out in 1992, uh-huh. uh, starring Ron Jeremy, called Bone Alone. Um, that one didn't have dogs in it. I, I God, I hope it didn't. Probably had some people doing something in the style of a dog. But the producers are like, all right, we're going to do like a Home Alone semi sequel here. For children. There's going to be a children's movie. Uh-huh. Let's call it Bone Alone. Do a quick Google search on that. Any Has that movie come up? Well, there's a porno movie called, with the same title. Oh, okay. Well, let's just name our children's uh, movie with well, the same about, name as a pornography. Uh, these, these Air Bud movies. You know, Bud is, uh, is slang for marijuana. That's... I, you're like right. Air Bud. Hey, man. Like... You should try Air Bud. You know the dog that played Air Bud was the dog that played Comet on Full House. Really? I can bring any t- subject <laughs> back to Full House. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It was a pretty Six talented degrees golden, of Uncle Jesse. golden retriever. Yeah. Uh, what are your favorite two horror movies, Tim? Um, let's go one for one. Right. Uh, my top horror movie of all time. All right. Because it scared the bejesus out of me when I was a child. All right. Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah? Scariest movie of all time. I've only recently seen Rosemary's Baby. I have not. And here's the thing. you kind of, I kind of even can't count this because I watched it in second grade. Yikes. Yeah, at my uh, friend's house who like had a bit of a rough home life that we were <laughs> alone off watching yeah. uh rosemary's baby about a woman uh is uh, impregnated by the devil yeah or with the devil yeah um now did you even understand what was happening or was it just that like that whole movie just has like a feeling of dread it's got throughout. this visceral just kind of like oh god and like it needed to be explained to me like my friend turned to me he's like Oh, yeah, she's screaming and running around and distraught because uh, the devil is inside her and she's going to give birth. Her baby's going to be the devil or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was back when I was like, oh, I think the devil might be an actual thing uh-huh. like that uh, that I might encounter at some point. Yeah. Or like, you know, I don't. I, I didn't watch the pregnant. news at that point. Right. So I thought like maybe uh, sometimes on the news it'd be like, today the devil, devil killed another man yeah. uh, for looking at him funny. No, but but that's the thing. In, in the movies where there's the devil, like, uh, you know, people still don't, it, there's not news stories about the devil. That's always the thing because like nobody believed her. Right. Um, All I know is that that was the movie that like I still, I've never had that feeling of just sheer dread it wasn't even like terror like i felt something bad was gonna happen to me mm-hmm. it was just that like more like there's much to this world that i yeah. do not understand oh yeah yeah um oh mine is is along the same lines uh, as the exorcist oh yeah that was that was that was a contender for me uh same thing maybe it's just because uh, we were both brought up catholic and you're just kind of brought up like oh yeah the de- all this other stuff is make-believe but the devil's real so yeah. be careful kids <laughs> Um, and then, I mean, especially with like the exorcist, there was all the like, oh, it's based on a true story and like, oh, here's like tapes of people speaking Latin that are possessed by the devil and they don't know Latin. Uh, but man, what a, what a, um, what a well-made movie, what a terrifyingly well-made movie. And again, like, uh, this, uh, I mean, 
That movie came out what late seventies? Yeah, probably. Bef- I think like seventy seven. Yeah, so that movie came out before we were born. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, but I'm still gonna be old man Tom about it. Uh, that you know, yeah. Nowadays you can do anything in movies, but back then you couldn't. No, they so, cut out the scariest sequence, yeah. right? That spider walk sequence. Ugh. Well, they cut that just because um, the special effects didn't look that exactly. Good. Yeah. But then when they clean that up Yo, and put it in God. the the newer one, yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, that that was the scariest part of that movie. Yeah, she spider walks down the stairs yeah. and then just vomits, yeah. and there's just like a regular conversation happening with the mom and I forget who else, and then he's here like, ah, <laughs> and up to that point, like, like creepy things have been happening. But they were like explainable, you know, there was still the like, oh, it might just be, you know, she has a, a mental problem, you know, there's something going on with her brain. But then when that happens, it's like, nope, nope, there's no way that that's not the devil. Yeah. Um, but uh, I went and saw that movie uh, when it was re-released a long time ago with, with that version in college, and I didn't know what it was about, and I went to see it in a theater in Georgetown, and I didn't know oh, it took crap. place in Georgetown. And saw like the midnight show or whatever, and like literally had to walk by the stairs, like the famous stairs. Oh shit! Oh, it was terror. I was never, and I was in college. I was a grown man by all accounts, and uh, oh, it was terrifying. But um, yeah, I. But I was gonna say, um, you know, nowadays they do whatever they want movies, but like. The the things that come in out of a little girl's mouth oh, and the things Lord. she does, it's like, whoa, like, yikes. Yeah. Ugh. What's your next one? <laughs> All right. Uh, this one might be, it might be a lame cop out because uh, I do like other horror movies. I'm not super well versed in horror movies. Okay. Um, and I, I've seen my share of teen slasher flicks. Mm-hmm. I actually very much liked uh, the first Scream. That was mm-hmm. good. But, uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Is I that knew you were gonna pick? Does it. that count? Because I love that movie. Does Funny Games count as a horror movie? I would yeah. say. Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, then Funny Games. Yeah. But Funny Games and Cabin in the Woods are cousins. Uh huh. Funny Games. I. I and I. And I believe this to be true. Funny Games is. Uh, it's where they they go out. Uh, I've only. I. I really like the American one just because I, I don't like either. reading all the subtitles. <laughs> but it's shot for shot remake. But uh, a family goes out uh, in the American version, I believe out to like the Hamptons, uh-huh. Long Island. And uh, they they have a home out there. They're wealthy. They're kind of upper crust pretentious. And then these two uh, young gentlemen, Michael Pitt mm-hmm. and uh, another guy come and just... Uh, Brad come Pitt. into their house, Michael Pitt and Brad Pitt, <laughs> and they come into their house and just terrorize them for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's about it's Michael Haneke. Is it that guy? I don't know. Um, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, but it's essentially about you go to movies uh, to see, like you go to horror movies, you go to thrillers, you go to these things. This the camera. Like it's uncomfortable when when something bad happens, it makes you watch it. And at one point, like they break the fourth wall, even though it's very not that kind of movie. Yeah. And they uh, and they're just like, you're watching. It. Like basically, it's an indictment of like 
this is for you. Like, you can be outraged by this. You can be sickened by this. But the reason we made this movie is because you will come and pay money to watch this movie. And that's kind of the theme of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Transplanted to the the teen slasher thing Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, uh, basically this is all done for the devil, is it? Uh, kind of. Well, it's like the ancient gods. Yeah, but like it's called the the director is the one that yeah. they're doing, and like it's like oh they like to see uh, boobs like when they're trying to get well, the girl doesn't? to take the shirt shirt off. I don't know. <laughs> it, it it's a good de- yeah. They're both very good deconstructions of like what does it mean to actually like be a fan of horror movies like yeah. what are what are you actually trying to get out of it yeah 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 because it's a weird thing in in the human psyche that uh well that we enjoy being scared uh and that we enjoy watching uh like you know we're horrified most people are horrified by you know uh real life violence you know if they show something on the news that's too graphic you're like oh my god i can't believe you know i've seen you know like real life footage of somebody getting shot in the head and it's the most gruesome thing you can possibly imagine you must have seen thousands of people get shot in the head in oh, movies yeah. and tv shows though and that you know it's like huh? you high five yeah <laughs> what's your uh other i'm torn um much like natalie and brulia yeah yeah um i'm probably gonna have to say evil dead okay yeah um that's just I and it's not the scariest movie. It's just a good goddamn movie. Yeah, it's just good. It's just entertaining and uh you know that it's so there's no other real horror movie where the protagonist is the star of the horror movie. Right. You know, it's always the the bad guy, you know, Freddy's the the star of Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason's the star of Friday the 13th, but Ash is the star of the uh Evil Dead trilogy. Um and you know, he doesn't start out that way. Um but yeah, it's just shot really, you know, all the like low uh Sam Raimi stuff, you know, the that he's famous for now, but like low camera coming through the woods and uh, you got that very isolated feel of that they're all alone in the woods. Yeah. My honorable mention. Okay, good. Which I think is uh probably a um a uh, controversial one is uh Blair Witch Project. See, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Because um I think the acting was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it not much happened in it. Right. But that was kind of the point of it. But that's why I hate hype, Tom. Yeah, because that thing got hyped to no end. And also, that was the early days of like re- me reading about movies on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Imag- Did you go into that not knowing it was real? Or uh, not knowing yeah, it was yeah. fake? You thought you knew I it was knew fake. I knew it was fake, yeah. Yeah, can you imagine going into that movie actually thinking that that was real? Oh, yeah. Cause Cause all... that, was the, that was the first like found footage yeah, movie, yeah. right? And it, and it was all... Uh... Like believable, you didn't see anything in the whole movie, right. you know. So, uh, even it, you could buy that it was found footage because you could buy the idea that, like, oh, a uh, uh, psychopath murdered them. It wasn't, you know, a witch or a ghost right. or a goblin. It was a crazy person. The only thing that uh, that like hints at anything that like possibly supernatural that act that you actually see 
is the guy in the corner levit possibly levitating a little bit, but like it's such a split second, yeah, and done so well that it's just kind of like, oh, did I You're just like, see what that? What was that? Yeah. And then that's it. So, um, can I? Yeah, I, I know that's controversial, but I'm surprised we're on the same page about that yeah, movie. Well, and my controversial honorable mention, uh huh, three men and a baby, because that <laughs> probably scared me more than anything. Because there was a real ghost in there. There wasn't. It was. It was Ted Danson's cutout. I know, but I know that now. I in, intellectually, I know that, Tom. <laughs> but you'll never be able to convince me. You're just me of afraid it. of the ghost of Ted Danson in general. I'm just afraid of a world without Ted Danson. <laughs> well, it's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for this week. Right? That is it for this week. Hey, if you like the show, uh, you can go to tcgt.com to find this show and our other show, The Complete Guide to Everything. Uh, if you like it, why not leave us a review on iTunes? Um, you can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pop everything podcast. Yes. Just got that URL. You can follow us on Twitter at pop everything. You can follow me at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. Uh, and you can buy my book this Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Get, spooky book. Just, 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 just give the spiel. Uh, I wrote a novel. It's a sci-fi Young adult sci-fi superhero story. It's called Meta. It's called Meta. It's by Tom Reynolds. Comes out Friday. It's, out it's Friday. likely out if you're listening to this. Yeah, it probably is out. Kindle version is super cheap, guys. Yeah, $3 or two pounds. Yeah. And I also have to say real quick, uh, and I'll say it on, on the other show too, so you might have to hear this twice, but uh, I have to give a special thanks to uh, this guy, Damon Zah, who uh, he did the cover He's a listener and like uh, reached out and uh, really uh, good co cover. Th there are so many people who are like, ah, I don't believe you could write a book, Tom, but uh, this cover looks good. <laughs> so I'll buy it based on that cover. Um, and uh, just, yeah, fantastic uh, guy. And uh, I think his website's just Damon So if you're looking for uh, Zod, Zod, oh. Damon, D-A-M-O-N-Z-A oh. dot com. I was like Zod, like no, no. Zod. <laughs> uh, you can go to his website and he's got a, a bunch of good stuff on there that you can uh, peruse his services. Yeah. But in the meantime, buy Tom's book. Yeah, in the meantime, you can buy my book. My book's cheaper than buy his services, I'll tell you. Buy my book. Who, who's, what's that? That's, that's, a, that's a critic reference. Oh, that was right. Jay Sherman. Yeah. Um, and if somehow you've listened to this episode and have listened this far and you're not a fan of our other podcast or don't know about it, it's called The Complete Guide to Everything. Check that out and check out all this stuff at tcgte.com. I said that already. I know, but. People might not w know what tcgte.com is. Well, they could type in through a web browser and find out in but, two seconds. Uh, that's true. Unless they're on dial-up. Yeah, it could take a while. No, I guess you're right. Apology accepted. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.